It's time for the Hokie Hour on the Tim Donnelly Show on the WRAD Talk Network. Now from the Makadoo Studio, here's Tim Donnelly. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show. Before we jump full two feet off the deep end and into Hokie Hour with the top four, First, we need to make sure you're covered on everything from the national championship game to the Astros cheating scandal to the Hokies game tonight in a segment we call Gotcha Covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. And the college football season is officially, officially, no doubt about it, over. The LSU Tigers are champions. Coach Orgeron, and oh, I bet you he's eating some gumbo right now, and and Joe Burrow smoking a cigar after the game in full uniform. Here's what you want to say when everyone brings up LSU. It's real simple. Joe Burrow might have just had the greatest season in the history of college football for a single player. 60 touchdowns, Heisman Trophy, national championship, check, check, check. Uh, It truly is one of the most out-of-nowhere performances that I can remember simply because if you look at the end of last year, he was an undrafted prospect, not expected to go in the NFL draft. Right now, if you don't take him number one overall out of the draft-eligible players, you're crazy. The Cincinnati Bengals were watching that game in the six touchdowns and watching him dismantle the Clemson defense and thinking – you know what? I could see him wearing orange and black for the next 15, 20 years. He looked that good. A uh, lot of really, really good stories there, but none better than Joe Burrow going from uh, and also ran to the premier player in the country. The Hokies are going to go ahead and play Wake Forest tonight in men's basketball. How about this one, everybody? Wake Forest is an ACC opponent with a winning record, 8-7. and seven. Uh, they're bringing in three different players averaging double figures in Childress, Brown, and Saar. They are a, a team that has beaten some ACC teams. And for the Virginia Tech Hokies, you want to go ahead and say, this is a game that you expect to win. I didn't know there was going to be a single ACC game all year a couple of months ago that I would go in saying, if you don't win this game, Virginia Tech, it is a disappointment. However, with the way they've played, with the way they've set themselves up already with a 3-2 and two record in the Atlantic Coast Conference, already with wins over teams like Michigan State, already playing above and beyond what we expected, this game, if they do not win, becomes a disappointment. So you're on the road at Wake Forest, but Danny Manning's team doesn't scare anybody. Make sure you play big because Sar is seven feet uh, and you're going to need big games out of P.J. Horn, big games out of John Ogiaco, and you're going to need Tyrese Radford to continue to play above his height. But those things have become expected out of the Hokies. And, oh, by the way, if you're looking at some other statistics, Wake Forest is allowing 39.3% shooting, which is dead last, best for their opponents in conference from the three-point line. You may have heard that the Virginia Tech Hokies like to sling it around as well from the arc. And also, the craziest, wildest story to come out of sports in the last 24 hours. The Astros have been thrown the baby book at. 
the 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 commissioner's office, Rob Manfred, Major League Baseball has suspended uh, both the manager and general manager of the Astros in accordance with their cheating scandal. Not only that, the Astros have been forced to pay a five million dollar fine, the maximum that the Major League Baseball offices are allowed to levy. Not only that, but the Astros have been forced to forfeit their first and second round draft picks, and not just the 2022 draft but the 2021 draft as well. And I'm going to put it real simple for everybody, and you can go ahead and use this. There is not a baseball team on the planet that if morals and ethics were not a thing, right? if they didn't have to worry about being able to close their eyes and sleep at night, wouldn't, on the up and up, trade a, a suspension with your manager and general manager, $5 million and a couple draft picks, for the type of success that the Astros have had in the last few seasons. By the way, this cheating scandal does stretch out into the World Series. So the other thing that you want to point out is how many other people this affected. And this is where the morals and ethics comes into play. Here's the deal. The Dodgers lost the 2017 World Series. Because of that, we think many of their players, Clayton Kershaw uh, as the, the feature, can't win the big game. Maybe they can. They were just being cheated against. There are pitchers that went into negotiations with worse statistics because they got lit up by the Astros. They had money taken out of their pocket by their opponent cheating. There were managers that lost games because they couldn't beat the Astros because the Astros were cheating. This is not a scandal that starts and ends inside the Houston clubhouse. This is a scandal that continues on and, and spiders out all over Major League Baseball, which is why I believe they actually got let off easy. I'm going to have a really fun time talking about that cheating scandal uh, coming up in the next hour. Not during Hokie Hour, because we don't want to infect Hokie Hour with, with, with cheating scandals, but that 8 o'clock hour, I'm going to have a really fun time talking about the Houston Astros. I can't wait. Cheaters are always fun to talk Cheaters, about. Cheaters, and let's call them what they are, which is a cheater. Um, Virginia Tech and and their optimism on the basketball court has been the theme of our top four at four for a while now, and today is no different. It's Top Tuesdays with Tim Donnelly. Here's your top four. As I said, we've been counting down on the top four uh, for the last couple of months now. Reasons for Virginia Tech basketball optimism. Uh, points of light. And, and actually, at the beginning of the year when we started this, the beginning of the basketball season, I thought I was going to be having to work a lot harder on this segment. I thought I'd be having to close one eye, squint with the other, and, and, and really be creative and abstract in the, the points of optimism that I was going to find. When in actuality, uh, the way they're playing this year, I could fill a bucket. I could fill a top 15 at 15 uh, if, if, if we wanted to do that. But, but fortunately, we don't have to. So with that, number four. Jalen Cohn off the bench. Now, I, like many of you, I'm sure at the beginning of the year, I was a little concerned with, with Jalen Cohn, not because of anything he was doing. He's, he's a stud, right? And he's a little bit undersized, but he rises on his jump shot. He can dunk with the best of them. He could score the basketball. But the, the reason that I was concerned was he came in as the crown jewel of the recruiting class. 
as the the guy that committed that made everyone else want to commit to Virginia Tech. He was the the son in that solar system. The first domino. The first domino to fall for Mike Young. The first real big domino to fall for Mike Young. And then at the beginning of the year, Hunter Couture was playing a lot of minutes. Naheem Aline was playing a lot of minutes. Obviously, Landers Nolly was playing a lot of minutes. Obviously, Tyrese Radford was playing a lot of minutes. And all of those guys next to their names, it says freshmen as well. Some of them redshirt freshmen, but they're all freshmen as well. And I was thinking if Jalen Cohn is the, the third or fourth most game-ready true freshman, what does that say for, for his ability to contribute? What I'm now learning is that he's got a role to play on this team. And his role might not be to start and play huge minutes, but his role is to come off the bench and get buckets. His role is to come off the bench and be a source of energy. And that's what he has done. When he gets the ball, he is in attack mode. He's in hunting for my jumper mode. He's in let's get buckets mode. And I love it. I'm, I'm very excited to see what he can do going up against opposing teams, backup point guards in that that sixth man role, right? I mean, go down the list of all-time great six men from John Havlicek back in the Sixers to Manu Ginobili to Lou Williams to Jamal Crawford to, to Jalen Cohn. They all have one thing in common, and it's when they come off the bench, they are gunning. They are not uh, getting on, on the floor and going, well, in a minute or two, I'm going to have myself warmed up. They're getting in like a like a like a Lamborghini, right? Zero to hundred and two point six seconds, and that's what Jalen Cohn has, and I'm really optimistic about it. Number three, the Hokies brand of foul-free basketball. They are fouling so much less than their opponents, and and you may say, well, it's the referees. Well, I was. Uh-uh. It's their it's their ability to play sound fundamental defense. If you're in good position and you're moving your feet and you, and you're keeping your body between your man and the bucket, then you don't have to reach, right? If you're in good position and you get a hand up and you can go vertical because you're be- between your man and the bucket, you don't have to foul on jumpers. You don't have to swing wildly for blocks. If you trust your opponent, or excuse me, if you trust your teammate and help defense and you get beat. You don't reach, you don't, you don't lunge, you don't get yourself out of position. Instead, you are depending on and believing that your teammate will be behind you to bail you out. It is fantastic team defense when, when you can play as foul-free as the Hokies are playing. And Mike Young said, in, you know, only the way Mike Young can. I can't pretend to be able to pull this off. He said, uh, uh, it really burns his tail. Right, I can't. I can't pull off those southern pearls of wisdom like he can. Uh, it burns his tail that that referees feel they have to balance out the fouls because he's going. We're not. We you know we're a very very non foul team, and it burns his tail that referees are going. Ah, we can't have ten fouls on them and two on Tech. So let's call some more on Tech. And I agree, burns his tail, but it shows how well the Hokies are playing. Number two. Tyrese Radford helping solve the big man problem. The Hokies have what I'm calling a big man problem. 
right? Only John Ogiaco is over 6'7". Landers Nolly is 6'7", but he plays more of a perimeter role. P.J. Horn is often playing the 5. He's 6'5". They have a big man problem. But the funny part is arguably the person that's doing the most to help mitigate that problem is, is one of the furthest from being a big man. Tyrese Radford, I didn't even realize this. Uh, when he was in high school and he redshirted last year at Virginia Tech, led the state of Louisiana in rebounds. He is six feet, one inches tall. Wow. He is a player that simply has the, the, the effort and a nose for the ball, right? Uh, most basketball coaches will tell you rebound, rebounding is the only stat that's pure hustle. Height helps, yes. Leaping ability helps, but it is pure hustle. If you're willing to go get the ball before the other guy is, then then and you're willing to recklessly pursue uh, careening shots off the rim, even if you know only one out of eight times that you recklessly pursue shots off the rim, you get it. it I mean, it's it's a skill that is ninety percent effort, and and, Ty- and Tyrese Radford has it, and it's essential, and, right? and absolutely. absolutely essential, and it's even more essential that they have guards that are willing to do it because they don't have the big guys that get the the easier, lazier rebounds, right? It's one thing to be seven feet tall and standing under the bucket when a soft rebound comes off the rim. And, and you know, the amount of your effort is taking your tree trunk of an arm and raising it up towards the sky. It's a whole other thing to be Tyrese Radford, six feet, one inches tall, be standing out at the three-point line providing spacing and flying into the paint and jumping through the gym to to grab a rebound that a six-foot-ten player didn't pursue all the way. Like locking on to that thing. Exactly. So, so his effort is something that gives me optimism. And lastly, number one. Landers Nolly. Landers, Nolly, five-time ACC Freshman of the Week. It is January 14th, 29 points in their home win against North Carolina State. He is the five-time ACC Freshman of the Week. He is a monster. He is the centerpiece. If, If the Hokies were a Thanksgiving dinner, he is the turkey. He is the mashed potatoes and the gravy. He is a fantastic player, and as long as he is on the floor willing to gun and shoot that pretty jump shot from from his high release point, the Hokies have a chance. He's the number one reason for optimism until someone knocks him off the throne, and I don't see it happening anytime soon. Let's take a break. When we come back, looking at that Hokie basketball team preparing to take on Wake tonight. Stick around. Tim Donnelly is the lead activist for players' rights. He's a fan of logic and reason, except when it comes to Tiger Woods. Hey, it's, uh, it's Tiger. More of the Tim Donnelly Show is coming your way next on WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show continuing right here, right now on the talk of the New River Valley, the WRAD radio network, 101.7, 103.5, and 14.60 a.m. Virginia Tech men's basketball tonight taking on Wake Forest. ACC game, big game, always is. Any conference game, big game, lot riding on it, setting you up for uh, for for NCAA tournament appearances, ACC seeding, all of those things that are now on the on the table for the Hokies, right? Now the, the goals change. I talk about this all the time. Within a season, goals change, right? Your your first goal might be, hey, let's not be last in the ACC. Once it's obvious that you're you're not going to be last in the ACC. Guess what? You don't go, sweet, we've accomplished our goal, 
who wants to go to Crater Lake and, and fish? Instead, you go, all right, we achieved that goal. What's our next goal? What's our next goal? All right, we achieved that goal. What's our next goal? The Hokies' goal that they're working towards now is NCAA tournament. Go dancing. Be one of the 68 best teams in the country. That's where I believe the Hokies are headed. Uh, and, and to be that, to accomplish that goal, to, to, to continue to raise the bar, they have to win games like the game tonight at Wake Forest. Wake Forest is 8-7 and seven with losses to the likes of Boston College, Charlotte, Penn State, North Carolina State, who the Hokies just beat, in addition to some pretty impressive teams like Arizona, Florida State, and Duke, who are all ranked. So it, it's not like they're 8-7 and seven and they've lost to nothing but goobers, but it's not like they're 8-7 and seven and they've lost to nothing but studs as well. right? They've, they've mixed up their losses. They're definitely vulnerable. It is a winnable game for the Hokies. Now, can I tell you what my biggest concern is going up against Wake Forest? One, one might look at Wake Forest and say they have these two guards, right? They have Childress and they have Brown. Childress is aver- averaging 14.9 points, 4.6 rebounds, or excuse me, 4.6 assists. Brown's averaging 13.3 points and 6.5 rebounds. Look at these guys, man. They're good. They're well-rounded. They're guards. But I look at it and say Virginia Tech needs to worry about Olivier Saar from France. He's French. And Baguette, oui, oui. Eiffel Tower. Croissants. Croissants. What else is French? Uh, the Louvre. Mona Lisa. Actually, that's Italian. Never mind. <laughs> but the Mona Lisa is in the Louvre. Is it? Is the Louvre not French? Uh, the Louvre, I don't know where it is, but uh, let's see. Showing that we really don't know our, our, our international rights. Um, either way, Olivier, Olivier Saar is a seven-foot-tall center for Wake Forest, averaging 12.4 points and 9.1 rebounds and just under an assist. So if you are the Hokies, you have to go into this game with a plan. Whether that plan is you're going to play John Ogiaco and you're going to trust that he doesn't get in foul trouble and you're going to cover up for him on the offensive end, or that plan is to to play P.J. Horn and and basically say P.J. is going to get beat by Saar on, on one end, but then Saar is going to have to come out and guard P.J. Horn at the three-point line on the other end. It is, it is uh, a plan that they have to come up with. The Louvre is in France. I Paris, was right. Paris, France, but the Mona Lisa is in the Louvre, so... I guess it doesn't make the Mona Lisa French, but still. Mona Lisa was like, you know, Da Vinci, Italian, all that stuff. It's all fancy art. It's cool. Anyway. All right. Back, I, to, back to what you were saying. Didn't know how much of it was French, but but <laughs> Sar is French. Um, and, and, and so that's the, cool. fl- the flip side. If I were game planning and I'm not, and as I said yesterday, Mike Young is quickly becoming one of those guys who I just trust him. Like my plan is whatever Mike Young wants. Uh, if I go to a restaurant, my order is I'll have what he's having. Um, but I would look at, at Wake Forest and say they have this big guy, but they also give up 39.3% from three in conference. So what I would do is make Sar guard someone smaller. I'd go small. I'd, I'd small ball them to death. 
I would not worry so much about giving up twos and high percentage shots on one end because on the other end, I'd be working hard to get P.J. Horn and Jalen Cohn and, and Landers Nolly and Naheem Aline and Hunter Couture open three-point shots. I'll trade two, twos for threes every single day of the week uh, if I'm this Virginia Tech team. We'll take a break. When we come back, it's time for Hashtag Hokies. Next. Welcome back in. Tim Donnelly Show, Talk of the New River Valley. WRAD 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 AM as well. Live inside the Mockadoo studio, guests and callers join us on the Baker Team hotline. That's 540-639-4900. It's now time for Hashtag Hokies. Lobro, you've been off. You almost got me. You've been off. You almost got me. You've been off recently. We need we need to get better. I demand the best. But what, but what the but what the listeners can't see is you going like you're gonna say it and you stop and then you do it. You're the one throwing some me. Some people get better. Some people make excuses. Which do you want to be, low bro? It's a choice. There's no. It's a hundred percent a choice. People of the NRV, there's no way I can prove this to you that he's setting me up. Excuse. Oh, okay. Uh, our hashtag hoagie segment. What we do is we go deep into the underbelly of the internet. Uh, Twitter, we go into the dark side, we find the tweets that start the conversations that we want to have, and we drag them into the light. We have those conversations right here on the Tim Donnelly Show, starting with a tweet from at Brett underscore McMurphy, uh, college football insider, analyst, reporter. Um, He posted the already posted odds on winning the 20 next year, 2020-2021 national championship. So you could go bet right now in Vegas on a team to win next year's national championship in college football. So if you got a, a you know a real hankering for some money on the line, the, then you could go put it down, right? And and the interesting part is Clemson nine to four, best odds in the country. Clemson makes sense, right? They're returning Trevor Lawrence. They're returning quite a bit. Uh, LSU's losing Joe Burrow. There you go. Ohio State, three to one. Second. Bama, third. Georgia and LSU, tied for fourth. Florida, sixth. Auburn, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Oregon, Penn State, and AM are all 30 to one. But I know what everyone's doing right now. I know what you're doing. If you're here in, in, in Blacksburg, if you're here in the NRV, if you're in Radford, if you're in Christiansburg, you're thinking, yeah, but where are the Hokies? Right? I'll tell you right now. The Hokies are tied with Florida State, which is a bit embarrassing. Indiana, which is a bit embarrassing. Miami, which is a bit embarrassing. UCF, which is a bit embarrassing because even if they go undefeated, they won't be in the playoff because they did it two years ago. TCU, Nebraska, and Virginia Tech are all 300 to 1. Eesh. Now, now, if you're a betting person, you can get some decent return on your investment. Let's say you got $10 laying around 
and you really think that that Hendon Hooker is going to take the next step or that Justin Hamilton is going to make this defense go supernova, or if you think Braxton Burmeister stepping in or Khalil Herbert step, stepping in is going to make this team go and blow up. If you think that is going to happen, you could put $10 on the Hokies. Just to let you guys know, uh, you know, you non-gamblers know how this works. You could put $10 on the Hokies. And if they win the national championship, you'll walk away with a cool three grand. Think about that. Now it's a bit the, the only thing I find disrespectful about this because the I don't you know I don't think the Hokies are going to be in the national championship race next year. I do think there is a bit of leveling up that needs to happen before they become a legit college football playoff contender. Um, but the thing that that I find disrespectful is the company. Right, I don't mind that Virginia Tech is three hundred to one. I mind that you think they're the same odds to win the national championship as Indiana. I mind that you think they're the same odds to win the national championship as UCF because I've pretty much believed that there's a zero percent chance that UCF wins the national championship. Because even if they win out completely, they don't get to go to the playoffs. They've done it and they don't get to go. Miami and Florida State are in shambles. Florida State fired their coach after a season and a half. Miami has a new coach that can't get a hold of the team. And you say they have the same chance of winning a national championship as Virginia Tech. That's the disrespect that I see here. Not that they're 300 to 1. Not that they're whatever, 40th or 50th in the country chances to win the national championship. I I can believe that because I think they have to level up a bit. I, I care that you put them in that tier. I find it disrespectful that you put them in that tier. Vegas. Uh, let's get mad at Vegas. Let's let's start a feud with the city of Las Vegas. I don't think that's a good idea. Let's do it. The strip isn't even that fun. You were started by gangsters and mafia members so they could launder money. Bugsy Siegel, you heard of him? All I'm going to say, the Hokies wouldn't be that low. Maybe if they were, you know, playing a little better. They're playing better than Florida State. <laughs> they played better than Indiana, better than Miami, better than Nebraska, better than UCF. Then why aren't they a little ahead? That's the disrespect. That's the disrespect. That's what like like imagine if 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 you were running in a race, okay? Okay. And and actually this is a good example. Um you go to a high school track meet. You turn in your times, especially for the real big track meet, something early that they, I, we used to call them county fairs, ones that just had like uh, uh, teams from all over the state are thrown into one giant track meet. You're going to have like 100 heats of the 100-meter dash, right? Just a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. You turn in your times, and you get put in heats to make sure – like you get put in your lane assignments, you get put in heats based on the time that your coach turns in for you, right? Hey, his best time ever was – 10.9 and okay well he gets to go here there's a, a moment when you're not a very good track athlete where you look around in the heat that you're in and you see a whole bunch of people that do not look very athletic and a whole bunch of people that do not look very fast and you're like oh come on I shouldn't be in this heat I may not be the fastest in the world but I'm I mean look at these fools 
and you realize that, you know, the fact that you're not, you know, in the A heat where they're going for state records, that doesn't insult you. It's the fact that they put you along with these guys that look like they can barely tie their shoes. That's where I feel like, like it's, I'm not insulted that Virginia Tech isn't mentioned with Clemson, Ohio State, Bama, because I get it. I'm insulted that they got us with these people that look like they can barely tie their shoes. Looks like, you know, we're running hurdles and they're jumping over them two-footed. Next hashtag Hokies comes from at Hokies Up. At Hokies UP says, why is it always the same team, same teams in the natty? When's the last time someone won their first one? Bleep's getting old. And the bleep was me censoring myself for radio. I think it, there is a bit of self-fulfilling prophecy in, in, in college football. There's a bit of good players want to play for the teams that can win national championships. So they commit to teams that have played for national championships. And then those teams, because the players committed to them and played for them, once again can compete for national championships. It's a cycle that is difficult to break which is why I do believe that Virginia Tech will one day win a national championship because they are one of the few uh, teams that have not already won a national championship that has been there, right? So recruits can at least point to them and say, I can play for a national championship if I go there because of what happened in 1999. That's the hardest ceiling to break through is to get the first one. I'll equate it to uh, a recruit getting offers. Right, you can go to every camp, and every coach can tell you, you're great, you're awesome, love it. You're great, you're awesome, love it. Talk to your high school coach, great, awesome, love it. But no one's going to offer you a scholarship until someone else offers you a scholarship. right? Because they're thinking, I might be able to get you as a preferred walk-on. You have no scholarship offers. Then someone takes a chance on you with a scholarship. Now someone else takes and suddenly you have 40 offers in a week. right? That's how recruiting works. So it's kind of similar, right? Uh, recruits are thinking, I don't want to go there. You've never won a national championship until you win the first. And then everyone wants to go there. The hard part is winning the first because after that, everyone's going to want to come play for you. But before that, everyone's thinking, if I want to play for a national championship, I got to go to Alabama, Clemson, LSU, blah, blah, Notre Dame, blah, 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 USC, Florida, on and on and on. That's why, because recruits with options, Use their options. You'd hate to think that Virginia Tech is so far, or in a way, like far out of reach, like getting that national championship victory. But like, it's it's one of those things. That, you know, they're going to jump over like Clemson and it's, all of them. Like that's it, those are some crazy odds going up against. Matter of fact, let's talk about that when we come back. What is the difference between Virginia Tech and LSU, Clemson, Alabama? That's our conversation next. After watching a game last night where the teams on the field were, were impressive as all get out. What does Virginia Tech have to do to get on that level? Next. He's Delaware's best holder. That's hilarious. It's not meant to be funny. It's meant to be devastating. The Tim Donnelly Show will be right back on WRAD. Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD. 101-7-103-5-1460 AM. If you stayed up to watch the College Football National Championship game, it's late night for you, um, but if you're a Hokie fan and you stayed up late to watch the college football national championship game, you probably at least 
once or twice had the thought of, uh, how do we get there? What do we have to do to, to make ourselves that good, quite frankly? Because I'll, I'll put it this way, and I'm, I'm going to put this nicely. I don't know if there are two people on Virginia Tech that would start for either Clemson or LSU. Wow. Think about that. That's a like, and we sit here and we talk about the Hokies a lot. We get really happy when they do good things, but then you think about that, it's like, oh, and and reality check, and it's tough, and it's tough, right? But that's not to say that the the gap, the valley, the gully that you have to cross is so wide that it's impossible. But what I will say is, I believe it's it's a process. The Hokies are not going to. Uh, actually, I'm not going to say they're not going to. I'm saying there's only one way that they are going to one year be eh, next year be competing with Clemson and LSU and Bama and Georgia. And and that is they need to strike the same lightning in a bottle that they struck with Michael Vick, which is a three-star recruit that comes in and after a redshirt year, the moment he steps onto the practice field, the moment he steps onto the game field, he's the best player in the country by far. That's what Michael Vick did. The moment he stepped between the lines uh, and in the first game that he was eligible to play in, he was the best player in the entire country. Now, the reason why, why that is, is tough is because that happens about once every 30 years. Yeah, I'd say the odds of that are like worse than Tech winning the national it's, championship. It's, it's the equivalent of, of winning the lottery, right? Sure, you can get rich that way, but I wouldn't plan on it, right? I wouldn't, you know, when people say like, oh, what's your retirement plan? I wouldn't say, well, I buy a lottery ticket every uh, Tuesday and uh, eventually my number is going to come up. Like it's, oh, how does Virginia Tech plan on becoming a national champion? We're just going to wait around for the next Michael Vick. It's like, ah, I don't think that works that way, guys. It's not, it, that's not smart. But what can they do then in the meantime if they're so, waiting around? So the actual plan is... And you can keep buying lottery tickets while you're doing the plan. But but the actual plan is it's going to be a little bit at a time. It's going to be eight wins this year. And you recruit recruits that you can get with eight wins. And you outperform a little bit. You coach up the players a little bit better than everyone else. You overperform a little bit. And next year you win nine games. And you recruit guys that you can recruit on nine games which should be a little bit better than the guys you could recruit off eight wins. And then you overperform a little bit. You overdevelop a little bit. You do just a little bit better than everyone else does with that talent, and you win 10 games, and you finish nationally ranked. And then you recruit off of a national ranking, and you recruit off of 10 wins. It's not all going to happen in one fell swoop. What you have to do, and then maybe the next year you win 10 games again, and you recruit again, and you're trying to get a little bit better, and the next step is a hard one, and you plateau, and then you finally break through. Right? It's, it's, it's not all going to happen at once. And, and I know what everyone is out there saying. You know, stars don't matter. Recruits don't matter. It's about how you develop them once they get on campus. Cam Chancellor was a two-star. I know, but good players matter. Speed matters. Strength matters. Size matters. If you watched last night and you noticed that Clemson and LSU just looked, acted, smelled everything like legit 
big-time college football teams, it's not a surprise that that so many of them were four- and five-star recruits. And, it, and as we saw during this most recent recruiting uh, cycle, Virginia Tech can't get all four- and five-star recruits. So what they have to do is take the four-stars they can get, the three-stars they can get, and make them play a little bit better than their ranking says, and then recruit more four-stars, and then recruit more four-stars until eventually you have recruits that can compete. It just feels like one of those things where not like a rich-get-richer thing, but like where Clemson and LSU are on this big level, and it's like they're like these elites, It right? is extremely difficult, and we'll use socioeconomic status as a reason. It is extremely difficult to go up a socioeconomic status. Mm-hmm. Uh, American uh, studies will tell you that if, if your parents are middle class, there's a very, very, very good chance that you will be middle class. If your parents are wealthy, there's a very, very good chance that you will be wealthy. But every single year, there are people that come from impoverished areas, people that come from the middle class that become extremely wealthy. And they don't do it in one fell swoop. They do it by making smart business decisions over and over and over again and reinvesting in their in themselves and reinvesting in their businesses until eventually they are in that upper level. Like Mark Cuban or something. Same thing when it comes to to college football. It is very very difficult to go from a top 20 team to a top 10 team. It's very, very difficult to go from the 50th team to the 30th team. But every single decade, someone does it. Every single decade, someone pushes through a ceiling and and pops up. So it's not impossible. It's just a series of very, very good decisions that might gain you an inch and then two inches and then another inch and then a foot and then another inch on your competition until eventually you're looking at them and you're even and you're like, wait a second. Now we're here. So that's what the Hokies have to do. It's it's not going to be a lottery ticket. I wish it would. Michael Vick Jr. Is there a Michael Vick Jr.? Sign him to a contract or sign him to a letter of intent. But other than that, it's just the little things year in and year out. We're going to take a break. When we come back, top five at eight. Stick around.